What is up, everybody? We are back with another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I am going to be previewing the second offering from PFL in their 2023 Smart Cage uh, season, even. Um, in the last uh, offering that they gave us, the first of the year, it was kind of all systems go for PFL in terms of what we saw last year and maybe who we expected to see, uh, you know, coming to the fore this year in the main event last week. Brendan Lachnan got a great win over Marlon Moraes. Just looks so good in that. And it wasn't one of your, you know, oh, Marlon Moraes, maybe he he's, he's a bit chinny and he can't take it. Lachnan took him apart. He just really took him apart and he finished him with leg kick. So it wasn't, it wasn't working the chain of Marais that won him the fight. It was his technical skill overall. Absolutely fantastic there, Rob Wilkinson. A big call I got wrong. I, I thought I, I thought it was a 50-50, but it absolutely wasn't a 50-50. He took Chago Santos apart. Um, there was wins for Mov, uh, Movlid Kabalayev coming back, obviously against Ryoji Kuru. Boba Jenkins got a big win as well against Chris Wade. And my countryman, Will Flory, beat Christoph Jotko with a split decision there. I, I told you last week it'd be an absolute battle of a fight and that's exactly what it was so a big uh, week for the, the featherweights the um, the light heavyweights as well with the likes of Martin Hamlet Joshua Silveri winning the light heavyweight division um, uh, uh, Alejandro Flores Garcia came in and got a good win over Daniel Torres who I told you about uh, last week in the featherweight division as did Gabriel Braga uh, in a close fight a split decision there um, Ty Flores and Inca Sangani as well got a showcase fight win there as well so a good start to the year last year. But you know what? I actually think this card coming up this weekend is better. I think this is a better card. I think there are better, uh, maybe closer matchups on it that will be even more fun. So I'm looking forward to this an awful lot. It gets uh, underway at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. If you're over in America, it's on the zone here in, um, uh, in Ireland and I believe in the UK as well. And it's 10 p.m. Eastern time as well on uh, ESPN over in America as well. So you'll find it there on April 7th. Um, so what we have here is what I like to call the heavyweight women and the heavyweight men. Because uh, although it's featherweight this year, so it's not 155 anymore. But you'll go with me. Like I, I actually love if, okay, what, what 155 was it? If you called it heavyweight, called it light heavyweight. I don't know. I just think it... I think it'd be better. I just think I think it'd like imagine if you called uh, Larissa Pacheco now the women's heavyweight champion of the world. I just think it means a little something, a little bit more. And I, yeah. Anyway, f- forget about that because um, what we have here is a genuinely world class fight in the main event between Larissa Pacheco and Julia Budd. What we I, I think we also have in the co-main event is a genuinely world-class fight as well because of what happened last year between Bruno Capilosa and Matthias Scheffel. So I'm going to get into uh, all of them uh, immediately here as we go. But what I thought uh, I would do first as we uh, as we did last uh, week is, is kind of go through the, uh, the rosters first and have a look at uh, how these two divisions line up because as we know like the, the divisions change uh, year on year they, they can obviously lose a few people get a new few new people in so we will have a look and see how it is looking this year let's start with the women's featherweight division because you know obviously it was 155 last year we don't have Kayla Harrison this year but that I think it opens it up an awful lot so what we have uh, here uh, and all these women are obviously um, you know fighting uh, this weekend 
uh, on this card. Um, Amanda Levy, 2 0. Amber uh, Lybrock, who is 6 and 4. Aspen Lad, former UFC fighter, obviously 10 and 3. Julia Budd, who we will be uh, uh, breaking down here in the, in the main event, 16 and 5. And then we've Carlina Sobek, Larissa Pacheco, the, the, the champion from last year, uh, Martina Mokatahina, uh, Martina Jandirova, and also uh, Elena Kaleshnik and Yoko Higasaki, um, which is a really, really strong breakdown of women in this, like, if you if you told me you had Pacheco in it, you told me you had Aspen Ladd in it, and you told me you had Julia Budd in the season, I think that's pretty good. And there's a couple more, actually, because I've, I've gone back and watched uh, a lot of their fights who, who really stand out to me. So we will get to that as we go through it here as well. But let's talk about the men's heavyweight first. Let me just uh, show you the, the roster they have for 2023 here. So we have Antti D'Elia, who has been a real standout uh, for the last few years, the, the champ from last year. We have Bruno Capelosa, the champ from the year before, who's looking for retribution uh, and a big comeback here with Dinitz Golsov, uh, you know, who also had much success over the years. Marcelo Nunes is making his... Uh, uh, his eleventh uh, fight and his debut in in the big tournament here. Then we've Matteo Scheffel back again after sh- proving a lot of people wrong last year with Maurice Green, uh, Mikel Andersak, Patrick Brady, who's only five and zero, Hinin Fahir, who you know caused a lot of trouble last year with Rizan Kuniev and Jorgen De Castro as well, who obviously we know from the UFC. So, do you know what we have here? We have an awful lot. Of violent men in this. We have a lot, and we have a good few well rounded fighters. We have a, an athletic bunch of heavyweights here that we don't really see that much of in MMA. And credit to the PFL because it's very hard to do it to put a, an actual good assortment of women's featherweights together, first of all, but also of men's heavyweights because they have some good guys here. Like, we'll get into Nunes in a second, we'll get into Brady, but they're. Two good up and comers, you know, one five and oh, one is nine and one. Who I'm sure the UFC, I'm sure Belter, I'm sure everyone would have liked, but they, they have them and they're in here now. Is it a bit of a step up too quickly? Maybe it is, but still, to I think get them and to, to put them in this sort of tournament, we, depending on matchmaking, they could really, really have a good run uh, in this, depending, as I said, who they meet and what way it goes for them. But I'm excited. I'm excited. We're, we'll obviously get into the fights today, but I'm also excited for like how they match make them after this. And I was thinking the same last week. Like obviously looking at Will Flory as well. He got a tough fight against Christoph Jacko. How is it going to be next time? Because one thing you must remember as well about the PFL and the heavyweight division, even more so than others, it's all about the points. So Will Flory only got three points last week for winning a decision. If you got the first round knockout, you're winning uh, six points. Second round knockout. Or, or, or submission five points and so on so you get a decision a very very good one say like a Will Flory got you only have three points the match if, if you get tough let's say you get Thiago Santos the next time out you're thinking oh god I've really tough matching you get Rob Wilkinson next time out you could put on two superb performances and only have three points after them two, two superb performances whereas another guy might go in there and he might get maybe a lesser light get six points with a first round finish and he's in there in front of you so it's very very interesting how all of that is going to work out and you know what i i wasn't massively sold on the pfl's uh season and structure a few years ago but in the last maybe three or four years i have 
I've really, really become a fan of it. And do you know what's really made me a fan of it as well? What's made me a fan is the improving rosters. Um, and I think even more so when we get onto a future week, because I think some of the rosters they have uh, in the in the other divisions are absolutely superb. These ones are, are good, but I think there's superb rosters afterwards. And when you get a tournament like that, it's brilliant. Like, even look at the Federates last week, like... They're, the amount of talent they have there is 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 top notch, and uh, for Lachnan to win it last year was was massive. But uh, uh, we look ahead to the heavyweights and, and the women's uh, featherweights now straight away. But the level there as well it's 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 gonna be, it's gonna be tough to get by. It really is gonna be tough to get by for anyone who wins a PFL tournament. Now I really like. I honestly think we should start like adjusting how we actually talk about the PFL champions. Like, I think it's, you know, I saw Brendan Lachnan saying at the weekend it's the toughest tournament in sport. And you know what? I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong. Like, I, I already in MMA anyway. It's a tough, tough tournament. Four fights in a year, you know, going through with injuries and all of that. Really, really, really tough. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll obviously get it underway for uh, the featherweights and, and the heavyweights here on uh, on Saturday night. Right, let's uh, let's get straight into it. So, um, I when I want to, uh, or, or sorry, it's Friday night. Even is it the seventh? Am I correct? Yeah, the seventh Friday night. Uh, what I want to look at here first of all is the betting odds for this main event because I'm found these very, very, very interesting. And um, Julia Bud and Larissa Pacheco, obviously the main event, and Pacheco is a massive favourite. Now, check out the, the graphics around here, they will be updated, uh, my guy John always updates them, so these prices, uh, let, let's see when they came out, they, they only, they have, a, they have adjusted since they came out, so they've been, they've been out now for two days, so not, not too bad, so I have adjusted a little bit, sometimes when these prices come out, they're crazy, but what we have here now is Pacheco minus 650, plus 475 for Bud, now, Bud opened up at plus 275, which and and uh, Pacheco opened up at minus three fifty, which I think was actually probably closer to what it should be, if I'm being honest. Now, I you ha- you have to look at what they have done recently, um, to be fair about it, because Julia Bud, look, she's thirty nine years of age now. She's been around for a good while, and she has lost her last two fights in a row, split decision uh, to Gina, uh, to uh, Aspenad and Jenna Fabian as well, losing that decision at the uh, at the start of last year. Um, but she's been around for so long, you know, made her debut all the way back when was it in two thousand and ten. So she's been around for thirteen years now. Fought Amanda Nunes in her second fight. Fought Jermaine Randomly in her third fight. Fought Ronda Rousey in her fourth fight. That'll tell you where she's been and the level she's been in. And the only people she'd ever lost uh, up until the last couple of fights were Rousey, were Amanda Nunes, and were uh, Christy, uh, Chris Cyborg. So until those last two fights, which I mentioned, they were her only losses. So. With that level, you would think she is well able to compete with Larissa Pacheco. Look, she's beaten Olga Rubin. She's beaten Caitlin Young. She's beaten Diana Silva. She's beaten Arlene Blinko uh, a couple of times. She's beaten Marluce Kuhn. And she's beaten Charmaine Tweed. Some very, very, very good fighter. And she, you know, she beat Jermaine Durandamy as well, which I mentioned uh, earlier on. She should be able to, to fight with Pacheco. You know, she should be able to hold in there with Pacheco. But, like, look at what Pacheco has done over the last few years. Like, she... She took the O away from Kayla Harrison in her last fight after really dominating in her fights before that. She just looked so great. Like, all the first-round stoppages. Um, uh, Kaleshnik, Fabian, Zamagul, Kaleshnik again, Patrick, all first-round finishes. Punches, 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 you know? 
Kayla Harrison beat her, but she beat Sarah Kaufman before that. Another first round finish before that. Kayla Harrison lost before that. Okay, <laughs> another second round finish before that. She has just, and she has fought a good level as well. You know, she has fought a very, very good level as well. What I think the key here, look, there's two keys, I think. And I think it's controlling the fight for Julia Budd. Because if you look at what happened to Kayla Harrison last year against Larissa Pacheco, it was her inability to control the whole fight that let her down, that, that made her lose that fight. She, Pacheco took a minute here, a minute there, two minutes here, two minutes there. And there wasn't that kind of, you know, that waterfall of momentum that fighters like Kayla Harrison need to win, or our frontrunners even say someone like a McGregor or an Adesanya to some point, and other people as well. They kind of that's and look, everyone needs it. Everyone needs it. But what Pacheco needs is the opposite. Right? Unless she's dominating, okay. But if she's fighting someone as good as Kayla Harrison, that's what she needs. She needs to take this minute, that minute, that minute. For Julia Budd. I I think look Pacheco could go out there and dominate her, but I think Pacheco will try to be taking her opportunities against Bud as well. See when Bud makes a mistake, take that opportunity and make her pay for it. Whether that's getting her down, getting on top, landing a few shots, or whether it's landing a big shot inside, whatever it might be. For Julia Bud, what I think she really needs to do here is keep Pacheco at the end of her jab, keep Pacheco with her back against the fence. Don't let her. Uh, counter her whether it's with strikes or whether it is with takedowns or getting on top herself like we saw Pacheco against Kayla Harrison when she was able to get on top she was very good against Harrison as well we see a lot of her finishes are ground and pound finishes as well she can she can do it all she can fight in many different ways you know she can paint many pictures as a famous man once said but for Bud I think Bud has to be a barrel of paint here like you know she has to make this fight and I don't think she has to not necessarily make the fight boring but she has to control the fight. I f- like, I firmly believe that. We have uh, Adesanya and, and uh, Poutan coming up as well uh, this weekend. or, or isn't it? It's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what Adesanya... Look, it's what he did for four rounds the last time. I mean, when he stopped the control, he ended up losing. He was able to fight with his back against the cage all the time, fight out from there, and won every time. That's what Bud needs to do. If Pacheco's pushing her forward and she's not fighting out from the cage, she's done for she needs to fight out from the kid. She needs the jab. She needs to throw her combos. She needs to use her footwork and get away. And, like, that's what Julia Budd is great at. So, like, when I looked at those prices, and let me tell you them again, minus 650 per Checo, uh, plus 475 for Bud. I think they're miles, miles apart. Now, I don't want to make, and I'm not going to make the same mistake I made last week with Chago Santos by... And so, as someone said in the comment session, you're capping a guy based on what he did before. And I'm look, I'm somewhat doing that here in my explanation with Bud, but I don't think if I'm giving you my pick that I'm going to do it that way because, like, if Bud can recapture what she once had, she can win the fight. And I think at that price, if you're just talking about betting alone, I think that's a good price to bet that at, if I'm being honest. But if I, if you're giving me straight up who I think will win, well, my, my call then will be Julia Budd cannot reproduce that and Pacheco will win. So I do think, like, if I do see this fight going anyway, I think it's Bud maybe having... Not, not success early necessarily, but I think having a bit of control early with the way she moves, the way she jabs, the way she uses her size and length... Uh, uh, also, I, I, what I'm very interested here to see is, right, 
And th- I don't think this is a point many people will make because it's it's a ridiculous point in some ways considering where she came from. But Pacheco, what I noted last year and what I think a lot of people noted was how well she had adjusted her physicality to become a genuine 155er. And it took her years. You know, she lost multiple times, obviously, to Akela Harrison and then she beat her the next time. And why did she do that? I think a lot of it was down to how she became a better physical fighter. Now she's gone back down 10 pounds again. How does that affect her? I'm not I'm not so sure. Maybe it'll take a fight. Maybe it'll take a couple of fights. So if you're looking for the first round finish here, I'd maybe put you off that a little bit. You know, maybe the second, maybe the third round. But I, I feel like I feel like maybe I'm a bit, being a bit too uh, pessimistic towards Pacheco here. But I, I, I think... I think it's a big fight for her, honestly, because you see a lot of people as well that have that big uh, career win, which she absolutely had in her last fight. And you come into a tough fight after that, and it's not always the same. A weight down at the start of the tournament rather than at the end of it, rather than a million quid. It's it's a big fight for Pacheco. And look, if she wins it, she's favourite to win it. She's favourite to win it right now. She's favourite to win the whole thing right now. But this is a massive test for her. Make no mistake about that. If you look at just the last two fights of, of Bud's career, absolutely. But I, I do think, for the sake of possibilities, I do think we need to look at the whole lot of it for the sake of betting. Okay, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's a fight I'm very intrigued to see. I'm very, I, I ran you through what my thoughts were in terms of the technique there. But in terms of just looking forward to it, in terms of anticipation... I'm very interested to see uh, how both of them go in here. Very interesting. And the same could be said for the co-main event, Bruno Capilosa versus uh, Matthias Scheffel. Look, the last time we saw Bruno Capilosa in here, he was fighting Matthias Scheffel on June 24th of last year. You know, Scheffel, on the other hand, you know, he's had a couple of fights in uh, since then. He beat Juan Adams and obviously lost to Antti uh, D'Elia uh, in, the, uh, in the finale. And I think, look, we all expected Bruno Capelosa to come through last year and if not win it, then certainly get to the final. The fact that he did get through after Sheffield beat him, but he went out with injury, you know, and, and he has been since, seen since, obviously. Now, how much is that injury going to play into it and all of that? We, we don't know. But what we do know is he's coming back against the guy who beat him in his last fight. And that's always a tough thing, you know. I make the analogy again with uh, Pereira and Adesanya. We're two guys who just fought in their last fight. Now, obviously, it's different for Sheffield, but for Capeloza here, he was the favorite. He was the guy expected to win, and he's coming back trying to grind that. Look at Leon Edwards against um, against Usman. Usman was the guy expected to win. Now he came back and he didn't win the second time. And I, I think this is right. I'm going to make a point here that I think is a very kind of worldly point we need to make. And I, I think I made it, I did the top five fights for the month, so I think I kind of made it there. But if you haven't seen this video, let me just quickly make it again because I think it's, I think it's important. Because like, no matter what is the case between the two fighters, right? No matter who you think is better, no matter who you think had an off night or a good night or whatever, we very rarely see someone lose a world-level fight, which, you know, uh, Capeloza fighting him last year was, because he was the champion. Leon Edwards against Usman was. Uh, Israel Adesanya versus uh, Pereira was. We very rarely see them happen, and then the guy who lost coming back winning the second time. We very rarely see that. Now, I just talked about Pacheco here. She did it, what, three times and came back and won the fourth. It was a two and whatever. She lost multiple times and came back and won. So it's not always the case. But 
as I said, it was different for her because she took, I think, a few years to make the weight her own. But that, that gives me pause here because my general thought with Usman and Edwards was that ah, Usman will bounce back and he'll win. My general thought with Pereira and Adesanya was ah, Adesanya will bounce back and he'll win. And my general thought with this is ah, Capeloza will bounce back and he'll win. But that doesn't work out that way. It never does. And I, I think that's, we need to adjust our brain a little bit. Now, cue Capeloza and Adesanya winning, winning this weekend, you know? But I think, I think that's such an interesting one. Because I, 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 someone put up a, a stat about it. I think it was a UFC stat, but... When that happens, someone loses the first fight. The second fight comes back around. I think it's only once ever. I think it's if you've been knocked out, only once ever you come back. But I think if you've lost, I think it's three times ever that they've come back and lost in a big title fight. Now, obviously, this isn't a title fight. It's the first round uh, in the season and all of that. But go with me here for a second. It was the champion, basically. So I'm very interested. Like, if you look at their last fight, Sheffield was just kind of, he was too big and too technical for him. Whereas Capeloza, not the biggest heavyweight in the world, but very technical, hits hard, is a very, very good fighter. And showed that an awful lot throughout the years. Um, I th- Look, <laughs> I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I think Capeloza is the better fighter. He didn't show that the last time. I think the fact that he was already true and he knew it, he had his, it was at six points at the time, he knew he was already into the playoffs. Did that play a part in it? Yes, it did. How much of a mental part will the player coming in here? Well, negative or positive? Who knows? But I do think if Capeloza can fight his right fight, I think he will and can beat uh, Matthias Sheffield. Now, Sheffield came out in his... Uh, who did I say it was? Uh, Dalia, wasn't it? In his first fight last year, and I was thinking, oh, God, what's this lad doing in the tournament? Then he does that. Then he beats Juan Adams next time. And I'm thinking, like, got into the finale. Can he beat Dalia? He didn't end up doing that, but... Uh, who? <laughs> Is a different fighter now. We, I think we have to adjust what we think about Matthias Sheffield coming in here. So I would not write him off at all. And let's look at the prices here on that as well. Capeloza, people agree with me in that minus 205 plus 165 for Sheffield. But if I guarantee you would have got that last year. And let's see if we can actually see that. I think we, we probably can here with last year's price. Yeah, last year Sheffield was plus, uh, let me just look at it, plus 300. My, uh, sorry, minus 400 for, yeah, minus 400 for Capeloza, plus 300 for, for Sheffield. And actually, clo- the, the the range went, it went up to plus 700 for Sheffield, and minus 556 five, at one stage last time when they fought. So that is, so those are, are alarmingly bigger numbers compared to what we have this time. But yeah, I will go for Sheffield. I think that minus 205 is a great price, honestly. Uh, so take that while you can. Right, let's run, run through a couple of the, the, the rest of the fights uh, because there are some interesting ones. Now, l- looking from a bit in the perspective at the next heavyweight fight, uh, Denis Golsov against Jorgen De Castro, minus 300 plus uh, 240. And let's see where that opened. That opened a minus 300 as well. So we might get a bit of adjustment to that. I would be very, very, very surprised if Golsov didn't go off at minus 400, minus 500, minus 600, something like that. I think he should be a massive favorite here. Uh, 19 and 7 Been around for a while But he's only 32 years uh, Of age He's uh, You know He hasn't fought Since this time Last year obviously <clears throat> He fell out of, he, Did he get injured And fell out of tournaments If uh, or, or the season If memory serves me correctly But anyway Um he beat Green and Goodich Last year He's lost to Leah in, in the year before But You know He is 
you know, he was the one battling with Ali Yassiev back in the day. Some very, very good wins. You know, good arrest and good strike and good all-around fighter. Whereas Jurgen De Castro, you know, if you look at um, Goldsov as well, 13 knockouts, 10 submissions. I think it tells you all you need to know about him. But De Castro is just the knockout artist. If he can't knock you out, you know, he's probably not winning. Now, he he's nine fights and he's six of one by knockout. So, I mean, a couple of times, but... You know, he be, did beat Junior DeSantis last time out. He, he is on a three-fight win streak, but I think that wrestling will be a bit too much. I think the technique of Golsov will be a little bit too much, and I honestly, I'd be very surprised if Jorgen DeCastro won that time. Definitely a minus 300. I like that price there for uh, for DeCastro. Um, the next heavyweight fight in is another close one. Rizan Kuniev is a minus 175 favourite over Hinan Ferreira. Um, last year, I think Ferreira put the, the spooks on everyone last year because there was a lot of lads coming in afraid to fight him uh, after uh, some of those fights he had, especially in the 2021 season when he knocked the head off. If it was at Stuart Austin in, in about eight seconds, or the, the Jamal Jones one was even better when he front kicked him in, in 25 seconds. Um, but and Delia, again, what a year he had last year, ended up winning that fight. It was absolutely brilliant. But uh, Ferreira, that's what he can do. He's massive. He's tall. He's huge. Six foot eight. Uh, coming in there against Rizan Kuniev, who six foot four. Okay, no small man at all. And he's big. He's sizey. He can get on top. He's watching some of his fights uh, today. He's obviously, like, really good at wrestling, really good at getting the fight to the ground. Um tough in the clinch he, he guillotined uh, Anthony Hamilton in his uh, in his last fight and he loves you know push you against the cage take you down and look that's what's going to be happening here um Ferreira's going to be dangerous on the way and look we've seen him with two fights finished inside the first 30 seconds he can do it he absolutely can do it so looking at that price again Ferreira um plus 145 is that enough for a price to be going for it probably and i'll probably go for cuniev there uh there's a couple of newcomers as well uh ali walsh and figueredo ali walsh is a massive uh, favorite there at minus 600 but one fight i think is very interesting is aspen lad uh, against uh, alina kaleshnik uh, aspen lad is minus 425 plus two uh, plus 325 even for kaleshnik now, Aspenad ten and three in her career. She's coming into the PFL here, and this is this is the time for Aspenad to make her move. She had a great win last year against Julia Bud. Okay, a split decision, but still, <clears throat> after coming out of the UFC, lost to Dumont, lost to to, to Pennington, had lost to Durandamy in that controversial fight a little bit before that. Kaleshnik is is a good fighter. You know, she's good judo. She can put you on the ground. Um, but you would expect Aspen Lad to win this. You know, she beat uh, Abigail Montez uh, last season as well uh, as Vanessa Melo. <sighs> as I said, the, the reason we're interested in this is can Aspen Lad dominate this fight? Can she use that jab that she throws well sometimes and those combinations? If she does, I think she'd be Kaleshnik. I think she's a far superior fighter on the feed. She's good on the ground. She can look, Aspen Lad can fight everywhere. Kaleshnik, if she gets her into the area she wants to get her in, she can beat her. But Aspen Lad needs to not find herself in those areas. And that's a massive part of this. So, you know, I mentioned some of the names earlier on. Aspenad is one of the favourites to win this. No, Make no mistake about it. And I think the good thing, the great thing about a PFL uh, season is Aspenad can win here. Let's say she gets, the, the next fight is Jandarova against Lybrock. Let's say she gets maybe the winner of that and her next fight gets a win there as well. She, before she takes on one of the big hitters in the division, she's two wins, she had just had another one, so she's three wins in a row. Obviously, the last one from last year. Three wins in a row, bit of momentum, maybe not too much damage taken. She got into that fight, 
with what Aspen Lad needs, I think. You know, we we've seen it in her corners before. She needs like to, she needs to be G'd up. She needs a bit of motivation. I think positivity is what Aspen Lad needs. And that's what she'll be looking to start here. I missed I mentioned Janderova against uh, Lybrook. And you know what? They just remember Lybrook. She's six and four, but uh, she's thirty five years of age as well, which is not the, the best, I suppose, age to be for this sort of tournament, but she is I, I, do you know what I've watched a few of her fights and I like her I think she's good She's look her, her fights she's lost wait till you hear the names uh, Megan Anderson Aline Blinka Amanda Bell Jessica Barger so she's only lost the good people uh, oh, one in Invicta and three in Bellator as well she's beaten Jeanette Harding who's one of the top ranked Invicta fighters in the world she's beaten Marina Shafir who we all know uh, as well so she's coming back here uh, after a win last year she's won three in a row now and I watched that fight of hers in Invicta um, against uh, it was against Morgan Fryer, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's different. Anyway, wonderful fights. She's when she doesn't get caught up in the clinch because she's so tall and so uh, kind of rangy. Her jab and her ability to control the distance are actually really good. They're very, very, very good. And I think if someone now, okay, thirty five years of age is going to be tough to to do that, but if she can get kind of a run going and a roll going, I think she. And may, as I said, maybe she's too old, but I do like her. I like her ability as a fighter. Now, Janderova is is going to come in there, and she, you know, she is going to try to make it a closer fight and, and a less controlled fight than Lee Brook would want. It. Whether that is landing her shots inside or pushing her up against the cage or taking her down, whatever that might be. You know, she's won three of her last four fights, only losing to, to Kayla Harrison since coming over to the PFL. So it's a massive fight and a massive moving fight for her as well. But I. I like Amanda Leebrook. I really do. I like her. I like the, what she has. I like what she brings. And I think the betting odds suggest that too. She's plus 190, minus 240 for Jandirova. I'd nearly go for Leebrook. Now, i go for Leebrook, but I am biased because I like her style. I, I mentioned the Aspen Lad, minus uh, 425 fight as well. Another fighter, and, and this is the one I alluded to earlier on, who, um, and actually before we move on to that, um, Makatina and uh, Higasaki as well Makatina, big favourite there Minus 500 I think she uh, impressed uh, in, in some of her fights uh, Over the last couple of years 8-3 uh, and three now in her career fighting 8-2 and two, um, uh, Her opponent uh, Higasaki Higashi even uh, But she's won 3, sorry, 2 in a row now Won 2 in a row before that After losing to Kayla Harrison You know, beating the likes of Manabel and Abigail Montez as well and uh, I think she will be the favorite going into that for uh, Yoko Higasashi. It's it's going to be it's going to be tough because this is her first move over to fight in the PFL. She's been fighting in deep and Pancras and all of that before. She's never been over and fought. And so a lot of the, the, the women this have fought in Bellator, fought in the UFC, fought in PFL. And she doesn't have that experience, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big move for, over for her. And Makatina has that experience fighting there for the last uh, the last couple of years. Uh, the price on that one, as, as I mentioned, Makatina, big favourite there, minus uh, 500 uh, in that one. Um, and the Manny Levy uh, against Sobek as well, very close one, minus 176 for Sobek. Levy is plus 146. They are both very young in their careers, only 2 and 0 versus 4 and 0. Um, Karolina Sobek obviously coming over from Poland, and you know, when the Polish fighters come over, she's fighting in Aries as well. There's no, there's no bad fighters coming out of there. She's three submissions. Um, she has, um, if I'm not mistaken, she's three scarfold submissions as well. So Amanda Levy better be watching her neck here. I was actually one of the fighters. I think it was. Uh, I'll, I'll get to him in a second. Maurice Green fighting against uh, Olenek, who's the the king of the scarfolds. So I've been watching a lot of scarfolds preparing for this, but. 
interesting two unbeaten people coming in here. Uh, one of uh, of her wins as well uh, out of the two is is by submission. So if this fight hits the ground, I think we could be uh, we could be in, in for in for an interesting one here. So let's see uh, who wins that. Again, when they're so young in their careers, it's a toss of a kind. Who knows? You know, very little tape on either of them. Very little, so hard to know. But then the uh, to, to finish out, I suppose the the heavyweight uh, the, the division. Then we have Nunes and Green and uh, Mikhail against uh, Brady. First off, on, on Nunes and Green, um, the prices on that I think I think are interesting because Nunes is the minus two two five favorite over plus one eighty five Green now. Maurice Green being, as I mentioned, in the UFC and all, Nunes 9-1, and this, you know, apart from um, being, uh, getting to the Challenge Series last year and having a fight uh, on the PFL uh, last year as well, he's, he's you know, coming over from CFFC, he's one big fight he had was uh, Rafael Lovato Jr., ended up losing that, you know, not maybe as known as a Maurice Green, and you know, <laughs> maybe that's a benefit for him, but... Um, Watching a few of his fights, do you know what? I, I like his style. A lot of submissions. Put uh, his last um, his last fight in PFL, he got taken down an awful lot. He got uh, uh, sorry, it's a Bevan Lewis fight. He got dominated an awful lot in that fight, and he got hit on the feet. Now he's good leg kicks. One thing I really like about him. Um, but when he gone on top in the second round of that fight, after taking a lot of damage in the first round, well, not a lot of damage, but a good bit of damage, he dominated. Right, he's so good on top. BJJ black belt. Very good, and he's fighting someone like Maurice Green, who at six foot seven is going to be tough. It's always going to be tough, but has had issues in the past. Okay, he's only lost once by submission, but on the ground taking him down is is really how you're going to beat him. Dennis Golsov beat him last year. Olenek beat him. Pavlovich beat him. Jeff Hughes back in the day as well. And if you are looking at that fight. You're six foot two. You're Nunes. Why you want to be standing on the feet? Like why? Why? And and what a big part of this as well, and why I think there's a massive advantage for Nunes. Why he's definitely my uh, my pick here. Even at that, especially at that price minus two two five is somewhat of an unknown. Maybe at this level, is because he clinches to get inside to take guys down an awful lot. Against Maurice Green, if you're going in with double legs, if you're dipping your head down inside, he's gonna knock your head off. He really is, and like he's he's from Drysdale Jiu Jitsu as well, Robert Drysdale, who's a, a brilliant coach uh, in my opinion, uh, in his corner as well. I think it's it's a big big advantage from, and I like him, and he's one of these guys I think you need to keep an eye on in this heavyweight division this year because he is very 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 good. Two other guys, um, Mikhail uh, Andrzejczyk and Patrick Brady. Now, Mikhail has thirty five fights. He's a big guy as well, six foot seven, and he's fought in KSW and loads of other places as well, FEN. Um, watching a couple of these fights, look. Sometimes in KSW, right? They have, they have lads who are like say Michael, like a Michael Keita, who is a big guy, but he's not the tallest guy in the world, right? He is six foot one, big heavy. When you're fighting a six foot seven guy, you look like an absolute monster, and that's what a lot of Mikel's fights look like. Now, Sean Brady, six foot, it's going to look like that again. So he's kind of used to fighting that. Is Patrick, did I call him Sean Brady? Patrick Brady. My brother's called Patrick as well. So Sean and Patrick, I always mix them up. Uh, <laughs> I'm like my mother now. But six foot, is he used to fighting lads that height and that good? Now, now maybe he fought someone who's who's big, but has he fought someone that good with that many fights? It's it's going to be tough for him. It's going to be tough. Um, I watched his Ron Marshall fight, which happened in November last year. He's had another fight since, since then. And... um. 
I think he's a guy who needs a lot of a lot of improvements, if I'm being honest, to challenge at this um at this level. But you know, you get in there, you win this fight. What what he is very good at, what from what I saw in that fight as well, and I'm not a massive um expert on Patrick Brady, now make no mistake about that. I saw maybe two of his fights and a highlight of another one. There isn't much there's he's only had five fights, so there isn't much out there, but getting on top and staying on top. When he got on top, that was what I was most impressed with. Now, there's some of his strikes, there's a bit of striking, and look, he's a heavyweight, he can hit hard, but when he gets on top and t- <clears throat> gets on top and stays on top, that's what he's good at. Mikel on the other side as well, again, when he gets on top and stays on top, he's eight submissions, 16 knockouts as well, but he's going to be trying to throw those big, long legs at Brady. He's going to be throwing that big, long jab at Brady and that straight right down through the middle, and Brady's going to have to deal with that. So it's a very interesting fight. This is one of these fights that I look at and like, I need to see that fight, see what happens, and then adjust. The next time we're doing a PFL preview with heavyweights on, we'll know a lot more about these two lads than we will uh, <laughs> than we will right now. The favourite in that is Mikel, and I think rightly so, minus 350 plus 275 at Brady. I wouldn't be backing Brady at that price. I would uh, back uh, Andre Shack at that price without a shadow of a doubt. So, um, yeah, that is the top and bottom of it now. So it's, a, it's an interesting card, a good card. I'm... Look, that fight in the heavyweights, I'm very interested in seeing. I'm very interested in seeing Lee Brock as well, how she performs. And in the top of the card as well, I'm very interested to see Cabloza coming back. Can he do it? How is Pacheco going to look this year? Can the Castro cause an update? You know, how is Aspen Ladd going to look? There's so many intriguing things in this. It's going to be a fun one. And I will leave it there. Thank you to everybody for listening. Leave a comment in the uh, in the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube. Give me your best bet for this card. Give me your best bet in the YouTube section. I will have another betting show out this weekend, uh, this week as well. So check out that. And we'll leave more from uh, from PFL on that as well, as well as everything else happening in the world of mixed martial arts. All right, everyone, I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com, and I'll see you all next time.